This birth experience was so different from Nicholas's and I'm not gonna lie, it felt a little traumatic as it was happening. But around 11.26 a.m., my little boy, Christian James D'Angelo, was born nine pounds, five ounces, with a knotted umbilical cord. My little miracle baby is just like the sweetest little thing. And I feel like I'm just meant to be a mom. I feel so confident in that. And it feels really great. Obviously, it's super, super hard and challenging. And there has been tears along the way. But... I feel like you realize how strong you are and how resilient you are. Welcome back. This is the Confident Collective Podcast, and we are your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Christina. We are curb models, content creators, and some would even say comedians. We started the Confident Collective Podcast to help you live your most confident life by sharing our stories and sitting down with experts to talk about, well, life. We chat sex, dating, business, relationships, and so much more. We hope you love this episode, so let's get into it. Hello, everyone. It's Christina here, your favorite mom of two. Mom of two. Did you hear that correctly? Isn't that so insane? Some days I feel like I'm like 25 years old and... Literally, I just can't believe that I'm almost going to be 35 and I have two kids. Like that is so wild to me. I don't know how life just happens so quickly, but I'm so excited about it. I've been soaking up all the newborn bliss the last two weeks. When you bring a baby home from the hospital, it's like so exhausting, but so amazing at the same time. And the sounds they make, their smell, like newborn babies smell so good. It's hard to explain unless you have one and you just know, you know. So I've just been soaking up all the moments, but I'm excited to share with you my birth story and kind of everything that's happened to me in the past two weeks. This birth experience was so different from Nicholas's. And I'm not going to lie, it felt a little traumatic as it was happening. And afterwards, I remember sitting down with my parents because both my mom and my dad were out here before the baby came and while the baby was born too, they were watching Nicholas for us. And my dad was like, do you think that you'd want to have another kid? And I said, without hesitation, I was like, yeah, I think I'd have another one. And then after I gave birth, I said to Steve, I was like, I don't know if I could have another one. Now that opinion has kind of changed after... I guess I'm almost 10 days out of having a baby. I feel so much better. And I'm going to take you through the journey. I was telling my friend, I was like, part of me feels embarrassed saying that it was traumatic because I had a healthy baby. It's not like I ended up having an emergency C-section or anything crazy happened. And she's like, no, Christina, if it felt traumatic for you, then it was traumatic. Like that was your lived experience. You don't have to... I guess, tame how you feel for anyone else who experienced birth differently. I was like, you know what? You're right. I did feel like it was really traumatic in the moment. And I was scarred at least for like 24 to 48 hours. So, all right, let's just get into it. I think first I need to let you know that one, obviously I had a baby boy. I know I never revealed the sex of the baby, but I feel like you guys need to know because As podcast listeners, if you listen to an episode, I have to find out exactly what episode it is, but I'll share it in the show notes because you should go back and listen to it. It's like one of my favorite episodes too. I recapped Steve's experience with a medium. Remember like a medium said that like Steve's dad was visiting her and really wanted to get in touch with Steve and Steve ended up doing a reading with her and she's a medium, not a psychic. But at the end of the reading, she said, by the way, you're going to have another baby and it's going to be a girl. 
And at this point I was like maybe a couple of weeks pregnant. I just found out maybe two days before and I could not believe that she knew I was pregnant. And the fact that she said I was having a baby girl, I was like, that's so crazy. And this was unsolicited psychic advice. Okay. I don't believe in psychics. I don't like them. I don't like anyone trying to predict my future. It just makes me feel uneasy and it makes me feel like you're preparing for the life that they're telling you you're going to have. Anyways, so then we found out the sex of the baby and it was a boy. I was like, what? I was like kind of angry, not at the fact that I was having a boy, because honestly, I wanted to have another boy because they're so close in age. And I just felt like brothers is so perfect. But in my mind, I started getting ready. Like I was like, I can't believe I'm having a girl because I just didn't feel like I was having a girl. I felt like I was having a boy. I had very similar symptoms to being pregnant with Nicholas and everything just felt so similar that I was like, yeah, this is a boy. And I knew that. So when she said that to me, it kind of threw my world for a loop a little bit. And when I found out she was wrong, I was like so confused again. Anyways, make a long story short, I ended up confronting her on the street. She's like, have you found out the sex of the baby? This was like months and months ago. I was like, yeah, you were wrong. Afterwards, he was like, how are you going to like say that to her? I was like, dude, she was wrong. You don't just like go up to people and give them unsolicited incorrect psychic advice. And when I told her that she was like, you are going to have another baby and it's going to be a girl. It's just your third one. I'm like, okay, isn't that convenient for you? Anyways, I just felt like I needed to loop you guys in on that because I've never shared the sex of the baby. So obviously we have a little boy, his name's Christian James, which I just love. And he's so cute. And it's so perfect for us to have another boy because they're born so close. Like Nicholas was born in December and Christian's born in January. So they can share like a whole wardrobe. You have to see this closet I have set up for him. Like literally I've bought the baby, maybe two or three things. Okay. So let me take you through the week leading up to the birth. So as you know, Christian was projected to be a larger baby, but I had three different doctors give me three different sizes. And my doctor said, we should schedule you for a 39 week induction. So that was supposed to be January 23rd. And I was like, no, that feels too early. I don't want to do that. So she was like, okay, let's do it for January 25th. So I was supposed to go into the hospital on the night of January 25th and the baby would be born on the 26th. And I don't know why, but it just did not feel right to me. I think because I felt so strong and healthy and was so energetic in my last month of pregnancy, I was able to get so much done and I felt so good. And I had to be induced with Nicholas, um, but that was because he had a single umbilical artery. So he was not growing inside my womb anymore. And they're like, we need to get him out. He was only born, he was born six pounds, three ounces. His heart rate was dropping. I was going for a non-stress test twice a week um, in the last couple of weeks while I was pregnant with him. So that was like four medical reasons. And this was just because the baby might be large. And I was like, that just this just didn't feel like a good enough reason for me, honestly. And not that I'm against inductions because my induction was super successful with Nicholas, but I just didn't feel right in my body. Like it just did not feel like it was meant to be. So on the morning of the 25th, I was getting these like notes from the hospital, like reminder, come in at 9 PM tonight. And I called my doctor. I was like, I'm not coming in for this induction. I was like, I just don't want to do it. It just doesn't feel right for me. I don't think he's ready to come out. So we ended up scheduling an induction for the 29th. So Sunday, the 29th, his due date was the 30th. And I was like, you know what? Okay, that feels better for me. That means he'd be born on his due date. That gives me a couple more days. Let me just see how I feel. And then if I want to cancel again, I can cancel again, but at least I'll have that induction date. 
So in the meantime, I was like, let me see if I can get this baby out on my own. I was going to the gym. I was going for lots of walks around the neighborhood. I did acupuncture again because I feel like that's what helped flip the baby. Remember, he was breached at 36 weeks. And then I, on the 29th that day, oh no, it was the 28th. I ended up going for a labor inducing massage at this prenatal spot. Um, it's called Sparrow's Nest if you're in Los Angeles. I loved it. I ended up getting three massages there during my pregnancy. I thought it was really, really great. And this labor inducing one was super weird because it's not really a massage. They pretty much just like hold down on these pressure points at your body, almost similar to the acupuncture that helped bring the baby down. But it was at first I was like, oh, I really should get a massage. Like I'm kind of like tired and in pain. And she's like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just do the labor inducing. This is what I came in here for. It was so relaxing. She barely even massaged me. She was just like touching these points. I fell asleep twice in it, like on both sides because you have to flip. It was so good. Anyways, the baby ended up coming that night. So I think it worked. So I was doing all these things and I felt content with going in for the induction the next day if it didn't work because I felt like at this point I did everything I could do. Also, my parents were in town and I know some of you might think I'm crazy for like, wanting the baby come earlier because of my parents, but they live across the country and I wanted them to be able to see the baby and spend time with the baby. Also, I knew I needed their help. So I didn't want to keep waiting days and days and all of a sudden like they're going to have to leave and the baby would only be here for a day or two. So all these things factored into like when I was planning to have the baby. Also knowing that all of this could be out of my control and he can come at any moment, you know? So it was the night of the 28th and Steve, my mom and I were watching this movie on the couch. It was called The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. If you haven't seen it, it was really, really good. And also Channing Tatum, I just freaking love him. And I love Sandra Bullock also. Normally I fall asleep the second I turn on a movie or TV show. Like literally I could spend an hour trying to figure out what to watch. The second I hit play and make a decision, I am out, Okay. I pass out all the time. Somehow I stayed up through this entire movie because I was kind of in like in pain. I was just a little uncomfortable. So then movie ends around 10 o'clock. We go to bed. Steve and I are laying there. And I was like, Steve, I'm in a lot of pain. He's like, you are? So he's like trying to like push on my lower back. My lower back was what was killing me so much. And I was like, yeah. I was like, do you think I could be having contractions? He's like, I don't know. He's like, do you think you're having contractions? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know what they're supposed to feel like. And I know it sounds so crazy because I had a baby already. But with Nicholas, I was in so much pain when they were inducing me, like so much pain. But they checked me early in the morning, the day I ended up giving birth with, birth with Nicholas. And I was only one centimeter dilated. And I had the meanest nurse that day. And she was like, you're not even really having contractions yet. She was like, trust me, the pain is going to get a lot worse. You need to toughen up. Like these are exact words she said to me. She was so mean that I just didn't realize that I was contracting all day long until I finally was in so much pain. I demanded an epidural and I was already eight centimeters dilated. So like, I don't know if I had a higher pain threshold or if I just didn't understand the pain I was experiencing because it's labor pains and contractions are different than any other pain I've experienced. And a lot of people are like, oh, it feels like really bad, like period cramps. But I am very lucky and I don't get period cramps. So I just don't, I just didn't know the feeling. So I was like, Steve, I really don't know if I'm contracting or not. So then I started to track them. 
I was like, let me track every single time I'm in pain. And all of a sudden I started to realize that they were coming like every five minutes. And I was like, oh, okay. I think these are contractions. These are like continuously happening. It's so weird that this was going through my mind. I'm like, am I having a baby tonight? I don't know. So I was feeling all these things and I was in so much pain and the pain was coming from my lower back. And I haven't had any lower back pain at all this entire pregnancy. I'm like, what is happening? This is so painful. And I was getting so freaking annoyed with Steve because I was like, Steve, I need you with all your freaking strength to dig your fingers into my lower back. And he's like, I don't want to hurt the baby. And I'm like, you're not going to freaking hurt the baby, Steve. Squeeze me harder because like you need that pressure applied to help alleviate the pain. This freaking guy has all these muscles and he's too scared to use them. Okay. I was getting so annoyed with him. And anyways, all of a sudden I'm tracking these contractions and I'm like, wait a minute, now they're three minutes apart. I'm like, I feel like that's like kind of soon. Steve and I are Googling things. We're like, what do you do if you start contracting? So he's like, I'm calling the doctor. I'm calling the doctor. I was like, okay. So she, he calls the doctor and the doctor's like, okay, well, it sounds like she is getting into labor and contracting on her own. So this is great. What? And she's like, well, what do we do? And I was like, what do I ask, ask her, what do we do? Ask her, what do we do? We literally were like laying in bed, like children were like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And so she said, well, you go to the hospital when either the water breaks or the pain is too much to handle that you want pain medication. I was like, okay, we got this. We can tough it out. Let's see what happens. Maybe my, maybe my water is going to break. At this point, I think we got to bed around 10. That's when I started experiencing contractions. At this point, it's probably like 11, 1130-ish. And the pain is pretty bad. And I was like, okay, I, I was like, see, we're having the baby tonight. Luckily, we literally packed our hospital bags that day. So we're like, okay, that's good to go. That's good to go. My mom, I hear her pacing. I can, she's like, she's like, you're in pain. What's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, mom, stop it. You're stressing me out. Stop asking me what's wrong. What's wrong is that I'm contracting and I'm going to have a baby tonight. So stop freaking me out even more. She was like, what can I do? I'm like, nothing. Chill the fuck out, mom. Relax, relax. We got this. We got this. Wow. I was like kind of freaking out. So we didn't know what to do. All I knew is that the baby's going to come tonight. So there's no point of me trying to get some sleep because I couldn't sleep because every time I like started to doze off, I'd get another contraction and it happened like every couple minutes. So I was like, well, screw this. I'm going to do my makeup and hair because if we're going to have a baby tonight, I might as well at least try and look cute. And at least that will distract me from the pain. So around like 11.30 PM, I started doing my makeup. I was like, if I'm going to the hospital tonight, I'm going to the hospital looking cute. Steve's like, you're out of control. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. This is how I choose to give birth, how I choose to distract myself. And it was an amazing distraction, honestly. So I did that. And then I think it was around maybe 1230. It's crazy how quickly time went by. I was like, okay, I think we need to go to the hospital because I can't handle this pain anymore. And I was honestly thinking, I felt so much pressure down there that I was like, I feel like the baby can come out any minute now. Like I thought I was like maybe six, seven centimeters dilated. I was like, I think he's ready. I think he's ready. So we start heading to the hospital and on the way to the hospital, honestly, we had so much fun. I was in so much pain and we just started blasting music and acting like we were going to the club. I'll share the video on the Facebook group. I think I shared on Instagram already. Um, but it was just so much fun. We were just like singing at the top of our lungs and it felt like we we're just about to embark on this crazy adventure, which we were. Um, but instead of going to the club, you know, we're going to the hospital. 
So this is a different hospital than the one that we gave birth with Nicholas. And Steve's like, wait, where are we going? And I was like, I don't really know. Like I knew where the hospital was, but we pull in there. We have no idea where to park. We have no idea where anything is. We have no idea where the entrances are. He's like, Christina, you come here like every week for doctor's visits. Like my doctor's office is right across the street. He's like, how do you not know this? I was like, I don't know. He's like, you didn't ask. I was like, no, I just, I just, there'll be signs, Steve. Okay. So we finally find the labor and delivery entrance. We get in there. They're doing all these things. Like I said, I was in a lot of pain. I really thought it was like six or seven centimeters dilated at this point. I was like, the baby's about to come any minute because that's what people tell you. People have told me all along, it's so much easier with your second. The baby comes so quick. My mom, the entire week she was here. Oh my gosh, with your sister, she was the biggest one of all. I couldn't even get an epidural because as soon as I got to the hospital, I was like, can I have an epidural? They're like, ma'am, the baby is about to come out right now. I'm like, so I'm like thinking I'm going to get to the hospital and within an hour I'm having this baby, you know, I was wrong. So we get to the hospital, they check me. I'm only one centimeter dilated. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Are you kidding me? I was so, I was kind of just annoyed one with myself because I was like, I'm in so much pain. How am I not managing this pain better? Anyways, they were like, do you want an epidural? And I was like, I guess. I was like, I'm kind of scared it's too early. They're like, no, it's not really too, they're like, that's not really a thing. I was like, are you sure? Because I've heard all these things about if it's too early, then it wears off and it's not effective. They're like, no, they're like, if you're in a lot of pain, you should have it. And I was like, okay. They're like, if you, they're like, if you're planning on getting an epidural anyways, then just get it. And I was like, yeah, I'm planning on getting an epidural. No, I'm not trying to be a hero over here. Okay. So I ended up getting the epidural and it was helpful. This was about 2.30 in the morning at this point. So I got the epidural around 2.30. And what I will say, it did help me sleep, which was great because at least I got a little bit of rest because the baby didn't come until 11 in the morning. Maybe around like six in the morning, they come in. Oh no, it was around seven, I think, because a new nurse came in to check me. And they check me again to see how far if I'm like further along dilated, I was only two centimeters dilated. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. They're like, we're going to be here for a while. I was like, okay, great. At this point, I'm starting to feel some pain again. And they're like, we've been speaking to your doctor and the doctor wants to give you Pitocin, which is a drug that helps you contract. Um, Your body releases it naturally, but then they can give it to you as well to help you contract and speed along labor. She was like, she's a little concerned that your contractions just aren't consistent and some of them are too far apart. So we want to make sure that this labor is effective and we can have like a vaginal birth. So we're going to put you on Pitocin. I was like, okay, fine. So she starts giving Pitocin. Pitocin contractions are freaking gnarly. They're so much stronger and so much more intense And I remember that because those are what I had when I was pregnant with Nicholas or when I was uh, delivering Nicholas. So all of a sudden, it's probably like eight o'clock now, nine o'clock. I'm starting to experience so much pain again. And this time it's different. It's not in my back. It's like, I guess it's almost like it's in my butt, honestly. Like the pressure down there was just insane. And I was like, okay, can you check me again? And they're like, the doctor really doesn't want us to keep checking you because every time they check to see how far dilated you are, you risk infection. So I was like, okay. So they ended up checking me one more time. And I think at this point I was like only four centimeters dilated. And 
So then they had to have a nurse come in and break my water physically. Like someone literally stuck their hand up my vagina and broke my water. I'm sorry. That's too much information, but what the heck? That's exactly what happened. It's so crazy because I'm someone who, for how much I share on the internet, like if I'm around people, like if I'm changing, like I'm going to turn around, like I'm not going to just like take off my bra and like or take off my underwear, let everyone see me like completely naked. I don't know why I'm just a little bit more private like that. Like I know some people don't care about that at all, whether they're in front of their friends, family, significant other, whoever. For me, I'm a little bit more private. When you're having a baby, you literally don't care. Everyone is sticking their hands everywhere, touching you everywhere. You're like, okay, I guess my body's yours as well. It's a very, very interesting experience. So my water, they broke my water and I'm in so much pain. I'm yelling at Steve again for not putting a, a not applying enough pressure. I'm like squeezing his hand to the max. I'm like, I can't believe this hurts so much. And I think what was so frustrating for me at the time was like, I was getting so tired because one, I was already tired. I probably only slept a couple hours that night. And two, like these contractions are kind of exhausting. Like when you're going through it, the pain is just exhausting, like physically and mentally. So all of a sudden, like, they're like, well, if you're feeling pain, the epidural must have worn off. And I guess they have this thing where they can like press it twice for more pain medication to come. But after that, then you have to get another one. So they did it twice and I was still experiencing so much pain. And I was like, is the doctor coming soon? They were like, yeah, but you're only like four centimeters dilated. So it's going to be a little bit. We'll call her when you're further along. She Remember, she doesn't want us to check you again. And I was like, I'm in a lot of pain right now. It's probably like around like 10, 1030 at this point. So they checked me again. And sure enough, I'm like fully dilated. Baby is ready to come. They're like, we're going to call the doctor. I'm like, why couldn't the doctor be here already? Like you're going to call the doctor right when the baby's about to come. So at this point, I almost feel like I'm holding the baby in. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I started therapy about a year ago now, and it's been such a game changer for me. As you know, I'm an overshare and love getting people's opinions, but it's sometimes so hard to get opinions from friends or family or to share things going on in your personal life and to get advice from a non-biased point of view. Therapy has helped me open up and share my life struggles judgment-free, which has been so beneficial. I stopped in September, but now I need to start again as I get into my fourth trimester because let me tell you, those postpartum hormones are not something to mess around with. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is such a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and if you need to, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash confident collective today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash confident collective. My life just got so much busier with a newborn baby, and something I don't have time for or want to stress out about is grocery shopping or meal prep. That's why I'm so excited about today's podcast sponsor, Green Chef. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with options for every lifestyle, offering meals that are keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, and gluten-free. And now they also offer 10-minute lunches. 
So with each week's menu, you can include two convenient low prep and nutritious lunch recipes that are ready in 10 minutes with no cooking required. That is so perfect when you're on the go or at work or honestly have a newborn attached to you like me. With Green Chef, you can customize your meals in addition to swapping protein in any meal that features chicken, beef, or salmon. And now you can add chicken or fish to select vegan and vegetarian options for added protein, which I personally love because sometimes I love the vegetarian options, but then I want the added animal protein. So like this is just the perfect customization for me. If you're looking for healthy, delicious recipes that are easy to prepare, you're going to love Green Chef. Go to greenchef.com slash TCC60 and use code TCC60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. I'm getting more and more exhausted as it's happening. Now I know the doctor's on the way, like the baby's about to come and I'm in so much pain and I'm tired and I just feel like a little stressed out. The doctor comes in, guns a blazing. I am not kidding you. And I think this is the biggest difference in my pregnancy. Well, actually there's a lot, but when I had the epidural with Nicholas, I was in pain all day and then I had the epidural and it was like this magical drug for me. I, it gave me so much energy. I felt so good. I was so calm. I was so relaxed. I wasn't in pain anymore. So when it was time to like push for Nicholas, I just felt like a whole new person where this time around when it was time to push for Christian, the epidural, I felt like wasn't working anymore. I was in so much pain. I was so tired that I was, I was like going into the pushing part already physically and mentally stressed out. So the doctor comes in and she's like, let's go. We're ready. Remember you're an athlete. Like her energy was really, really aggressive. And she's kind of like that. Like she's this New Yorker from Long Island and I love her personality overall. And like, I would go back to her again. I felt like I liked her so much more than my first doctor, but my doctor with Nicholas was like way more Zen. She's like, you got this mama. We got this. You know, this doctor was like, you're an athlete. Let's get ready for war. Like, like I was, I was like a freaking Spartan. You know what I mean? Like going into battle. That's what she acted like. Steve was like, she's ready for war. And I'm like, whoa, like this is not the energy I need right now. Like it was, it just felt so aggressive. And honestly, it was a little scary. It was a little scary. So when you push to have a baby, you have to breathe in and then hold your breath. And as you're holding your breath, you push. I think I was so tired. I just couldn't understand what they were telling me to do, even though I've already done this before. And they kept saying, pretend like you're like about to go underwater. You take a big, deep breath. And when you go underwater, you hold it all in. I'm like, ah, that is the worst fucking analogy for me ever. First of all, I'm someone who could hold their breath underwater for maximum five seconds. Okay. I get stressed out with that shit. So already just bad. But also, I'm also someone who, when they take a big breath to go underwater, as soon as I get underwater, I slowly start letting it out. I don't like holding air in like that. I just don't. So I just, for some reason, I couldn't comprehend what she was trying to say to me. She, I couldn't understand the directions. Like I felt like my mind and my body were not connected, which is a kind of a scary feeling. So I think she was getting a little nervous because she was like, okay, this baby's trying to come out. We got to get this baby out. And also she knew I really wanted to have a vaginal delivery. She was already like ready 
for possible tearing or an episotomy because she knew the baby was going to be big. So she was like trying to do everything that she can to help me get this baby out as efficiently as possible. But I could not understand what she was saying. I really couldn't. So all of a sudden more nurses started coming in. I, she was like, you need to hold your legs up. Steve's holding one of my legs up to my ear. The other arm that I'm trying to hold my leg up is literally at my hip. Like I had no strength to even hold my legs up, my knees up. So all of a sudden a nurse comes in and is holding me in there. All of a sudden it went from like one nurse and my doctor, maybe another nurse and Steve and me to it felt like 10 people in the room trying to help me. And I just started to get intimidated. I started to get scared. And I was like, oh my gosh, all these people are here. Like, this is bad. Like, am I going to be able to get this baby out? I just started to get, I'm like getting emotional thinking about it because I just started to get really, really scared, which was just so different because with Nicholas, I was fucking talking about the way detox shampoo in between pushes. Like I felt so calm there and this was scary. So I was like starting to push, starting to push. And I guess like I still wasn't doing the breathing right. So like I, I felt like I was getting yelled at by everyone. They're like, no, no. And like everyone's trying to help me, obviously. But I just couldn't understand you guys. I just couldn't understand. I couldn't wrap my head around what they were trying to say. So finally I got it right. But then I started lifting up my butt and they're like, no, no. They're like, you can't do that. You're pushing the baby back inside. So then I'm getting like more scared, more scared. Honestly, at one point I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a C-section. I should just tell them like, let's just do it. Go straight to it. Why am I even trying? So finally, after four pushes, four full pushes, which is I guess like, or three pushes, I can't even remember now, three to four pushes, three to four contractions, the baby is finally starting to come out. And I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. All of a sudden, they're, you have to continue pushing. Push for 10 seconds straight. Hold your breath for 10 seconds straight. It's hard to push and hold your breath for 10 seconds straight. I have this nurse then like pushing on my stomach, trying to like physically push the baby out because I got his head out, but then I had to get his shoulders out, which are, you know, he has swole Steve's shoulders, okay? So it was really, really hard. So anyways, the baby finally comes out and it wasn't like the pushing. I think that's what people are so scared of, of the pain of actually pushing. That pain was manageable. That, that pain, I honestly didn't even feel the contraction pain I felt. And it was more just the actual stress. I've, I felt like the energy in the room trying to help me get this baby out. And my energy was just off. It was just off. I just really like wasn't in the right headspace. I feel, um, but the baby came out and I swear to you, one of the first things I hear is, holy crap, holy crap, there's a knot on his umbilical cord, a true knot, he could have died. I was like, what's happening? What is happening? I could barely open my eye. I couldn't, I don't even think my eyes were open. I think I, my eyes opened for a second when they put the baby on me, but I couldn't open my eyes. I was so tired. And I just hear the doctor talking about this knot. They're like, this is so insane. I can't believe there's a full knot. They're like, you know how many, like this like could result in stillbirth. And I was like, what the heck? They're like, it's crazy because we weren't tracking it. We had no idea. So the baby's umbilical cord had a full knot, but I guess it wasn't tight enough. So luckily it wasn't tight enough. So he was still getting like oxygen and like nutrients from me. But if the knot was any tighter, like he would have died in my womb. And no one even knew that there was not in the umbilical cord, which is just so crazy. So all of that combined and it was just, it felt really, really stressful. And Steve's like, and then everyone's like, you did it, you did it, you did it, congrats, blah, 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 blah. 
I ended up tearing a little bit. I had a second degree tear slash episotomy because I think I started to tear and she cut me instead. So I think it's, I I might be saying it wrong, but episotomy is like when they choose to cut you because they think you're going to tear. So she let me tear a little bit and then controlled the tear with cutting me because you want it to be controlled. Otherwise it can like really mess you up down there. Um, So I had to get a couple stitches, which I didn't have to get any of that with Nicholas. So that was another big difference, but that pain was that pain hurt, but it was more honestly just like the stress of everything. I kid you not, I felt like my eyes were closed for 24 hours. It was really, really hard for me to process everything. And then I heard that the baby was nine pounds, five ounces. And I was like, what? I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe he was that big. And I know people have bigger babies than that, but you know, Nicholas was six pounds, three ounces. Like that's over a three pound difference. That's a very, that's a very big difference. So I think it was just so much shock for me, so much shock for me that it took me like a good 24 hours, maybe more honestly, to like let it all sit, sink in. Like I was exhausted. I was so exhausted. And then we, you know, we took photos, the nurse took some photos of us and I looked at the photos as I was starting to open my eyes and I was starting to feel a little bit better. And I kid you not, I see my face and I just start hysterically crying. I'm like, what happened to me? Guys, my entire face, my eyes, my eyelids, my shoulders, my neck were completely, completely covered in busted, bursted capillaries. Like while I was pushing, I guess I was like pushing and put so much pressure in my face that I busted all these capillaries. So I just had um, bursted blood vessels everywhere. My whole face was spotted. It was so crazy and so scary. And I felt so weird. Like my mind just wasn't right. Steve's like, who do you think the baby looks like? And I'm not even kidding you. This is like how fucked up I was. All I could see was Peter from Family Guy, the dad from Family Guy. If you don't know what he looks like, stop this right now and look him up because that is exactly how messed up my head was in this moment. And I don't mean to scare anyone because honestly, like I had such an amazing birth experience with Nicholas and overall this ended up being fine. Like my baby was born super healthy. He was great. He was eating right away. It was just such a different experience. And it's just crazy for me because I really feel like it was all about the energy in the room. And not to sound like so woo-woo, but that energy really makes a big difference. And I didn't have a birth plan because my only plan was to have the baby, have a healthy baby, obviously, and try to have a vaginal birth. But I know if I were to have another one or if you're having a baby, I think it's important to communicate the type of energy you need from your doctor because that is something I never would have thought of. I never would have thought of like, hey, I just want you to be like as zen as possible and as encouraging as possible without feeling too aggressive. Like I never would have thought to say that until now because the energy made a huge difference for me. And also I feel like that girl not working as efficiently as it did the first time as well. So finally I come to it. I realize how cute my baby is that he doesn't look like Peter from Family Guy, that I was just straight bugging. Oh, also after I gave birth, I was there for several hours, just Steve and I, and normally the nurse comes and checks in on you. But unfortunately there was like a crazy emergency with another woman and another baby going into labor. I don't know what happened to that woman or that baby. I pray for them. I hope they're okay. But because of that, we were like literally abandoned. There was not a nurse in sight 
not a nurse in sight for hours. So finally I got pain medication, just like some Motrin, um, maybe like four or five hours after I had the baby, which I feel like if I had that a little bit earlier on, that probably would have changed how I felt as well. So note to advocate for that. If you need more pain medication, let them know. But I was just in such a funk. I didn't know. Then I got Jersey Mike's. That was my first meal after I delivered the baby. I had number seven, Mike's way, a giant freaking sub, whole wheat bread with salt and vinegar chips. And it was freaking delicious. Okay. That helped me come to a little bit more too. It did. It was really, really good. At this point, I, I think we need to start getting Jersey Mike's ads or I need to become like the face of them, you know, like Jared for Subway, but I want to be Christina for Jersey Mike's, Jersey Christina, something like that. So I felt so good after that. Then they moved us to postpartum. I think it's, I think that's what it's called. Labor and delivery is one floor, postpartum is another floor. And in the postpartum, our our pediatrician came before we moved and she's so nice and so sweet. And she most recently gave birth in that hospital as well. And she knows everyone. And she got our room switched, which was so nice of her to do. So we ended up having this suite in the hospital, literally two beds. Steve had his own bed. There was a table in there, a couch in there, plants. It was so large, so bright and sunny. It ended up being such a game changer for me. The bathroom was huge. It felt like we had like our own hotel suite in the hospital. It felt so good that it ended up changing like my entire mood around. I pretty much slept all day and it's actually kind of nice because within the first 24 hours, the baby really doesn't need to eat that much. So it's not like your pressure to feed them either. And also super thankful for Steve because he is someone that you want to have with you at doctor's visits, at hospitals. He's really good at asking questions way better than me. And he's really good at listening to them and understanding much, much better than me. I'll ask a question and then I won't pay attention to the answer. Or even if I hear the answer, I won't ask a follow-up question. Like I just, for some reason, when, especially when it comes to medical stuff, I'm like, okay, sounds good. Got it. And then they'll be like, wait, what'd they say? And I'll be like, I have no idea. Steve is amazing at asking the right questions and retaining the knowledge and able to repeat it back to you super effectively and efficiently. So best ally to have in the hospital for sure. I pretty much slept for like the first 24 hours after I gave birth, after we moved to postpartum and delivery. And then the next day I start to try and feed the baby and it actually worked really, really well because I was a little stressed about breastfeeding. But he latched right away, which was awesome. And then he had to go for a bunch of tests. He had to go for like his heart rate test. He had to go... Um, we got him circumcised. So we had to go do that and he had to get tested for jaundice. So all these things were happening. So Steve went with him to do all of that. So I had like an hour, maybe almost like two hours to myself and I showered and I blew out my hair and I put on under eye patches and did a skincare routine. And it was like, I was rebirthed. I was a new person. I felt so rejuvenated. I felt so good. I felt so good. I was still in a lot of pain down there, but it was so manageable in comparison to how I felt mentally the 24 hours before. So it was like a new person. I came back or Steve came back with the baby and he's like, wow. He's like, you look like a different person. He's like, how do you feel? I was like, I feel so much better. It's just kind of crazy what a shower can do for you. If you're going to the hospital and you're like, oh, I'm not going to shower. I'm not going to do my hair there. I really highly suggest bringing 
in case you want that option, in case you want to shower and do your hair, you want to have the stuff with you. It's just better to have it because if you're not feeling great, it'll make you feel like a brand new person. Then we found out the baby had jaundice. So we had to stay in the hospital for an extra 24 hours, which I was kind of bummed about at first, um, just because I wanted to get home to Nicholas and to my parents and mostly just honestly to Nicholas, you know, I felt bad we left him. And then at the same time, I was like, wait a minute, this is kind of nice to have an extra 24 hours here. It almost feels like you're on like on vacation because no one wants to go to the hospital for vacation, but it almost just feels like you finally just like have a moment for yourselves, you know, for you just to recover. Because I think for me, it's, it was always about the baby, the baby, Nicholas, Nicholas, And I was like, wait a minute, like I just had a baby. Like I'm in the hospital too. Like I'm a patient as well. It's not just the baby. I need to recover. I need to relax. So having that extra 24 hours, which was like forced upon us because of the whole jaundice thing. I forget the right name, Billy something, Billy Rubin, something like that. Because of his Billy Rubin levels was honestly in a weird way, a blessing in disguise because it gave me an extra 24 hours to relax, to let my body heal as much as possible. Um, Because as soon as I came home, it was like, mommy, mommy, mommy. It was so weird when we were leaving the hospital. I was so ready. Like you go into the hospital kind of just being anxious and nervous and like not knowing what's going to come ahead and you leave the hospital in the same way, right? Because you're like anxious and nervous and you're bringing new baby home for the first time. But I left the hospital feeling almost at peace, like in a way, like I just felt good. I, I was, I think I was more scared leaving the hospital with Nicholas. There were so many more unknowns. Like I was like, how are we going to keep this baby alive without these nurses, without this help? But with Christian, I was like, we got this. Like I felt so confident um, bringing him home, which was a really good feeling. I think the only thing I was nervous about was his interaction with Nicholas and how that would go. So we had a whole thing planned on how to introduce the boys. And this was based on what everyone pretty much told us to do. So I went in first without the baby. Steve had Christian outside in his car seat and brought him in like that. But I went in first, gave Nicholas a big hug. I was like, Nicholas, we have your baby brother. He's so excited to meet you, blah, blah, blah. Then we had a little gift from the baby to Nicholas. So Steve had that ready with the baby to bring inside. They come inside. I kid you not, Nicholas acts like he didn't even see the baby. He takes the gift, is so excited and runs inside. Are you kidding me? We're like, this is a terrible idea. We should have given him the baby afterwards. Maybe he didn't even say hi to Steve. And he's like such a daddy's boy. And Steve was like, are you kidding me? He didn't even say hi to me. He just took the toy and ran playing the toy. We're like, Nicholas, look, it's your baby brother. Literally acting like he's not even there. Like he doesn't see him at all. I was like, this is so crazy. Meanwhile, Dewey sniffing the baby, trying to give him kisses. Parents are so excited. Nicholas is pretending he doesn't even exist. And I was like, kind of worried. I was like, oh my gosh, like, why is this happening? Why is he acting like this? So my mom's holding the baby for a while. My dad's holding the baby. Nicholas is still pretending he doesn't exist. So then I go and I hold the baby. And this Nicholas looks at me and then he goes, I kid you not, word for word. I feel sad. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, why do you feel sad, Nicholas? He's like, I want mama. And I was like, come here, come here. So I gave the baby back to my mom and I grabbed Nicholas. I was like, oh my gosh, it was like the first first like sign of emotion that he expressed about the baby. And he said, I feel sad. You know how heartbreaking that is? I was like, oh my gosh, my poor sweet boy. So then later on, he said, mama, I want Yaya put the baby down. So my mom was holding the baby for a while and I think he was just getting a little jealous because, you know, he's just had my parents' attention for the past week. He's had everyone's attention for like the past two years, but especially the past week when my parents have been here. Now my mom, who's given him every second of attention, was just holding the baby for so long. So I was like, mom, put the baby down in the bassinet. So we put the baby down in the bassinet. No one's paying attention to the baby. Finally, Nicholas goes over to the baby on his own and he's like, baby brother. And he's looking in the bassinet and he like puts his woody toy in there. And we're like, oh my gosh, he's interacting with the baby. He just didn't want any of us to hold him. He wants to do it on his own. It was so cute. And then the baby started to like make some noises. And Steve was like, I think your baby brother's hungry. And he's like, baby brother wants a gala. And gala means milk and Greek. And we're like, yeah, he needs a gala. So Nicholas runs to his room and gets this fake little baby bottle from like this baby toy that we've been like practicing baby brother with and brings it and gives it to him. It was the cutest thing. Like he was trying to help and give him milk and it was so, so, so sweet. So since then they've made so much progress. Like today, for instance, he helped me feed the baby. I like pump some milk and he helped me game the bottle. He helped me change the baby. He was like tickling his feet. It was so cute. He's like come such a long way. I think as he's getting more and more used to the baby, as like Christian is opening his eyes more and interacting more, Nicholas like sees him as a real person. Like he, he was scared to touch him. He, he does, still hasn't held him. He was like scared to hold him too. But today he was like rubbing his head and tickling his feet and helping me change him. And he'll like get me a diaper. He'll like get bottles for me. He's like so helpful and so cute. And I just can't wait to continue to see them together because having two little boys so close in age is like the most special little thing. Like I know they're going to be best friends and I just can't wait for that. Oh, it's going to be so, so sweet. And as for me... I feel, I feel good. Honestly, I feel good overall. I feel like I have a good handle on things. I'm very thankful that knock on wood, Christian for the most part has been pretty great. He's been eating well. So that's a blessing. Um, he's super, super sleepy. I've pretty much had to wake him up for every single meal and he's already been sleeping in five hour stretches, which is pretty great. And I, I think that if it weren't for me waking him up, he could maybe even sleep longer. I think that's like one of the benefits of having a larger baby. They're able to eat more efficiently and satisfy themselves more. I mean, I'm assuming I actually don't really know that, but that, my experience between Nicholas and Christian, that's what it's telling me. So I feel really good about that. Nicholas you know, for a little bit, every single time I was holding the baby, he was saying, mama, put baby back in bed, or I want daddy to hold the baby or vice versa. Like he kind of wanted whoever's attention was holding the baby and wanted the baby to go to someone else. He's gotten so much better with that. He'll now, like if I'm feeding the baby, I'll be like, Nicholas, I have to feed baby brother. Do you want to come sit in bed and play with mommy? And like with one hand, I'll be playing with him um, or like we're trying to read him a book. So it's a lot of... <laughs> multitasking on my part, but it's going well. I feel like I got it. Also, the doctor told me I can't work out for six weeks or do anything. She also told me I can't drive for two weeks or go on a walk for two weeks. 
And I have absolutely not listened to that. And I'm going to the doctor on Monday and we'll see if there's any repercussions for me not listening, but I felt good energy wise. So I was like, I can't not go for walks around the neighborhood for my mental health. I need that. I need to be able to walk to get a coffee. I need to be able to like walk my boys around, like going for neighborhood walks. That's like my favorite part of the day. I'm not, not doing that, especially if I feel physically okay. And of course I've been driving. So we'll see. I think that recovery wise, the first couple of days with this pregnancy were definitely a little bit rougher because of the stitches, but honestly it's been, it hasn't even been two weeks. I've been walking around. I feel pretty strong physically. I feel good. So I feel very blessed that I feel healthy, energetic, and I'm able to get some work done as well. Um, I've definitely decided to slow down on things. I know for Nicholas, I pretty much just started working right away. And actually, I guess I have started working right away right now too. But I feel more at peace of slowing down where I'm like, you know what? If I don't create a bunch of like fashion content right now, like no one's going to care. No one's going to care. It'll be fine. Like I'm not stressing myself out over certain things. Like obviously I have the podcast, which I love doing and I have other contracted jobs, which I'm so thankful for. Um, but I don't feel like this insane pressure to like bounce back and like go a hundred percent to everything. You know what I mean? I feel good taking it easy and I'm just excited to like be in that and be with my family for like the next month or so and just only really focus on that besides like obviously certain work obligations, but I don't feel like a ton of pressure to do things, which is really, really good and new for me because I'm someone who pressures herself a lot to get everything going all at once. So that's it. I think that's pretty much it. My birth story around 11, 26 a.m., my little boy, Christian James D'Angelo, was born nine pounds, five ounces with a knotted umbilical cord. My little miracle baby is just like the sweetest little thing. And I feel good, you guys. I feel like I'm just meant to be a mom. I feel so confident in that. And it feels really great. Obviously, it's super, super hard and challenging. And there has been tears along the way both before the baby was here while I was having the baby and after. But I feel like you realize how strong you are and how resilient you are. And just having a growing family is such a blessing and something I'm so excited for. And I just can't wait to see like what this new journey is going to be like. I almost don't know what to expect, but I feel great in the fact that I feel like I can handle it and I got it. And just that is a very, very reassuring feeling. So yeah, I feel good. And I, I appreciate all the congratulations and all the excitement around the baby. And if you have any questions for me or just need a mom friend, or you know, I feel like a lot of you are having babies too. I'm here for you. Shoot whatever you want to ask my way. And I'm sorry if this episode scared anyone. I promise you it felt very traumatic for me in the moment, but looking back, I'm like, I got this. Oh, by the way, I don't even know if I said this, but I thought I was pushing for two hours and it was like 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes back. So it's crazy what your mind can do to you. You know what I mean? So anyways, I'm going to take it easy. I wish you all the best week and thanks again for tuning in. And sorry if this episode was all over the place. Christian started waking up a bunch of times and honestly, I have crazy mom brain, so just show me some grace. 
But okay, that's my story. Love you. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us.